Thanks for listening to the Cool Church Podcast. We're praying that wherever you are on this journey, that this message encourages you. And we wanted you to know that you were created out of love. And now, here's today's message. Come on, y'all. Y'all feel good today? Man, so glad to be with y'all today. Let me see. Any Philly fans out there? Just... Quiet. So said, let's go, bro. I'm just, I, I'm looking. I can't, I can't fully see your face. All I see is a dolphin jersey. This, this is what I love about dolphins. Let's go. Dolphins don't care who playing. We winning. 17 and 0, son. Like we just keep going back to that that seat. Like you know, that's all right, the though. Good, the good old days, it's right? Guy, listen, yeah, listen, hey, it. listen. I believe in the name of Jesus that the Dolphins gonna have a winning. I'm I, listen. I'm a doll. I'm a doll fan till I die. Okay. I, I thought they were playing today. My bad. I, th- I thought they made it. Yeah. Any any Kansas City fans out there? Make some noise. Hey. Mahomes. Okay. Oh, he got his. We got sheets. one one whole fan up in the place. <laughs> well, bro, I, I'm, bro, I, I feel like you fly, man. I see, the, I see the sweat, but I feel like, like I'm conflicted looking at your outfit. You got green on the bottom, and then you got the Chiefs on the top. I feel like you, I feel like you lukewarm. You got to be hot or cold or the bottom. Hey. I'm, I'm just playing. How I'm you playing. gonna check his I'm fit? Like, I like the fit. I'm just saying, this foot, in football terms, he kind of conflicted right now. Okay. Um, I love it. I love it. Oh man. Who man, listen, listen. We can laugh in church. Amen? Yes. We can have some fun in church. Amen. Speaking of fun. Yes. Oh yeah, go ahead. It's Lord. challenge day. Lord Jesus. Last week I challenged the fellas to bring your bras. I said it a different the way. That ain't how you said it though. Y'all need to bring I y'all wanted fine, fine friends. friends from the inside and out, right, y'all? From not, not from the inside. From the inside, and it reflects we out. We can't see the inside. Bring your bras. I know it's Super Bowl Sunday. That's right. And yeah, it's Super Bowl Sunday up in here, too. Come on. How many of y'all brought your friends? You invited somebody? Come on. Oh, wait, wait. I promise y'all, I'm serious. I came ready. She was not I got your, your gift card. Listen, it's a reward for bringing your friends. Who brought a friend in this place? If, all Raise right. your hand. Raise your hand. Oh, oh, hold yeah, on, hold yeah, on. I see some hands. I said, let's go. Come on. All right. Hold up. Hold up. If, if you a bruh and you brought a bruh with you, stand up real quick. I just want to say, just stand up. Stand up. Oh, oh, oh. Wait, 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 wait. The friend ain't set. Don't Hold stand on, up no, yet. No, no, Don't stand no, up yet. No, no, no. 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 The, the friend, sit down, friend, first, first. Wait, wait, oh, wait. Friend, wait, wait. sit down. Uh, we need to reveal. Right, we need yeah. to reveal. Friend, I like a good oh, reveal moment. The friend's got to sit down. You're going to have your moment, friend. Don't worry. You're going to have your moment. Man, you Im- you got invited and you thought you got invited to church, but they- this the dating game. <laughs> You ain't know this was a whole setup. <laughs> Ladies, if you put on, if you if you secured your edges a little tighter today, because you knew. You know they did. They got their most uncomfortable shoes on today. In the choir like this. Listen. Calves hurting. First of all, ladies, now listen. Listen to me. 
don't be thirsty, y'all. In the quad, you just gonna make sure you visible. You know what I'm saying? You ain't got to say nothing, baby, right? Baby, you got the bros standing up for a while. Come on. Okay, 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 okay. All right, all right, all right, all right. So, drum roll, please. So you got to see how many friends they bought. Let's see, let's see. Okay, if you brought one friend, if why don't you, you raise a hand and have that friend stand up, stand up. If you brought yeah, one you brought friend, one don't be friend. scared. Don't all right, be scared. all right, all right, all right. Okay, all right, I see what you're working that. with. I love that. Oh, I wish I had a flashlight. Hey, hey, I ain't never seen so much rubber necking in Come my on. life. Come on. All the ladies were like this. Yeah. <laughs> I ain't, you would think this was I-95 and it was Yo. an accident. Yo. I ain't, I'm gonna broke their neck just now. I mean the neck turning all the way. Lord. Okay, I see what y'all doing. Uh, I see what y'all okay. doing. Good if you, job. If you brought two friends, remain standing. Two. two. You brought two friends, remain standing. Remain. Okay, and then stand up. Stand up with where, the, Where's the friend? Where's the friend? The two friends gotta stand. The two friends gotta stand. Come on. He gonna get you brunch. It's brunch. He owes you brunch. Oh, he oh. Oh, snap. No, no, no. What? Bruhs. Bruhs. He got three bruhs. You ain't about And he got two bruhs. Well, that means three bruhs. So three bruhs. Come on, come on. All right. Come on, come three bruhs. Come on, all y'all. Come on, come on right now. Thank y'all. Thank y'all. Come on. I know some of y'all sat down. You brought one brother, but that bro was worth yeah, like the, three. Bring, bring the lady friend too, because I'm just glad I you brought a bunch of people to you church. You know what I'm saying, right? He brought gotta, a bunch of people. He brought four people to church with. I like right. that. Come on. Yes, come, come on. yes. Come on. All right, there's a sis in there, but you know, she's there for support. Uh, no, she's there for support. He just invited his friends to she church. She had to make sure they showed up. Y'all come, y'all come on. Y'all come, come this way, come this way. Oh. So who is the bro that invited the bros? You the bro. All right. What, what's your name, bro? Sky. Yo, oh, y'all give it up for Sky. Sky now, Sky, man. Come, come here, Sky. Uh, you know what? Let me let you do this, because I feel like this, I mean, this, this show, go ahead. Y'all working with something. Y'all look a little young for good credit, but, you know, we working towards it. See the potential, y'all? See the potential. And don't forget, it's other bros in the house, right? I just want to apologize on behalf of my wife, okay? <laughs> I'm How sorry. did you end up over there? You were just the Holy Spirit whisked me away like Enoch and put me right here. Sky. Bible jokes. Oh, so Sky, thank you so much for, um, you know, fulfilling the assignment. Here's your $50 certificate. He owes all of y'all brunch. I don't know how far y'all gonna get with 50, but you know, I have faith in you, Scott. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's all good, but um, why don't you introduce your friends that you invited today? Come on. Okay, so this is Frank. This is Giselle. This is Elio, and that's Mikel. Man, yeah, let's welcome them. And all of y'all are single? All of y'all single? Single? Ready to mingle? Yeah, okay. Just saying, Tana, I'll you. Well, we thank you so, so very much, and we hope you'll come back again. They're like, I'm never coming back here. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I apologize. We love y'all so much, and thank you, Sky, for doing the right thing and inviting people, yeah, right, to the house of God. Listen. You never know. Y'all probably, you probably thought you invited them for the gift card, but I believe God is going to give you That's a greater right. gift. You about to hear the word of God that's going to transform your life. Don't look at him like that. Your life about to change. Come on now. 
you guys are going to hear something I know because the word never returns void. Amen. So I know that God is about to do something specific in your lives. There's a reason why you were chosen to be here. Amen. Amen. So I pray that you lean in, open your hearts and minds to receive because we got a word that's going to transform and shift your perspectives. That's for everybody in this place and all the people whose first time it is here. I believe that God sent you, chose you to be here for such a time as this. And I know that God is going to do something inside of your heart that you didn't even inspect in Jesus name. Amen. Y'all give it up for Scott and all of his good looking friends. All right. Y'all give it up, man. All right. Thank y'all. Thank y'all. That one looked like a Marley over there. Sorry for the embarrassment. I like him. I apologize. He's cute. We don't do this every week, I promise you. Please come back. Please. Please come back. In Jesus' name. You, you got to sit down because you're doing too much. You, 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 you're doing. Y'all ready for they a word? Came, though. They came though, right? Now, ladies, if you got... No, I ain't doing that. I ain't. Fellas, they outnumber us like three to one. So, okay, y'all, if you actually go Listen, to the Listen, I got another gift card, y'all. Let's oh, go. We Lord. could keep this thing going next week. Nah, nah. Y'all ain't going to have me end up on shade room. Pastor looking for fine women to come to the church. No, 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 no. I rebuke it. I'm only looking for Let's one fine woman and she's word. sitting right here at this you table. With you better come on. Girl, you so fine, I get down on one knee and marry you all over again. My goodness gracious. But you got to believe in me, baby. I believe in Jesus, but you I too. <laughs> Can y'all give it up for the finest pastor on the planet, Pastor Joanne? I love you, girl. You crazy, but I love you. I think that's why I love you. Oh, man. Who's having a good time in church today? We, we actually have to preach something. Yes. Okay, that's why Let's they go. came. Okay, Let's go. Let's so go. Uh, if you got your Bibles, man, we, we kind of doing like a little part two of uh, last. How many of y'all came to church last week? How many had a good time last week? You learned some. We was talking about Ruth and Naomi. We're going to continue that story today. So How many of y'all ripped your list or deleted the list? Anybody in this place? I got some burned lists. Come on, don't be scared. I saw okay, so I'm keeping my list, Pastor. Right. I don't trust them yet. Well, it was on social media and we reposted it. If you got your Bibles, I want you to turn to Ruth, chapter 3, verses 9 through 18. Ruth, chapter 3, verses 9 through 18. Why don't you read it for him, love? Who are you, he asked. She says, I'm your servant, Ruth, she said. Spread the corner of your garment over me since you are a guardian redeemer of our family. The Lord bless you, my daughter, he replied. This kindness is great, greater than that which you showed earlier. You have not run after the younger men, whether rich or poor. And now, my daughter, don't be afraid. I will do for you all you ask. All the people of my town now know that you are a woman of noble character. Although it is true that I am a guardian redeemer of our family, there is another who is more closely related than I. Stay here for the night, and in the morning, if he wants to do this duty as your guardian redeemer, good, let him redeem you. But if he's not willing, as surely as the Lord lives, I will do it. Lie here until morning. So she lay at his feet until morning, 
but got up before anyone could be recognized could rec could be recognized and he said no one must know that a woman came to the threshing floor he also said bring me the shawl you were wearing and hold it out when she did so he poured into it six measures of barley and said and placed the bundle on her then he went back to town when Ruth came to her mother came to her mother-in-law Naomi asked, how did it go, my daughter? Then she told her everything Boaz had done for her and added, he gave me these six measures of barley saying, don't go back to your mother-in-law empty-handed. Then Naomi said, wait, my daughter, until you find out what happens, for the man will not rest until the matter is settled today. And if you're taking notes today, and I hope you are, Today, um, in this a Different World series, we are going to speak about relationship redemption. Amen. 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 Why don't you pray with me? Father God, we thank you so much, Lord Jesus. For all that you've done, Lord Jesus, we thank you that you are the great redeemer of our lives, Lord. You can take all things and restore them, Lord, to even greater purpose, Lord. I thank you, God, that you are with us today. I pray that we lie down as you rise up, and I pray that your word will transform hearts and minds, Lord, and perspectives, God. I pray that we never remain the same after hearing your word. Thank you, Lord, for what you're going to do in this place. And let all of my brothers and sisters say, Amen. 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 Hey, I just want to welcome one time the online family, man, people watching all over the world. Could y'all give a round of applause to the folks that's watching all over the world as part of this cool world? We love y'all. Yes. Thank you for tuning in. Love, I got a simple question for you just in case maybe they missed last week and they don't understand what series we're in. The series is called A Different World. Why did we call this series A Different World? Yeah, I mean, times are so different now than when we were in relationships and the relationship scene is so different. And I believe one of the most, um, the the, the change agents of relationships seen now is obviously digital. Our digital devices have changed the game and changed the landscapes of how you meet and relate with people, right? I mean, um, you you can think that um, God's word can't help with singleness today, but I believe that God's word is so relevant even today. And today, of course, these digital devices offer us access to each other in ways they never have before, right? Between texting and DMing and trolling Mm -mm -mm. and even stalking, right? Um, We have so much access to people. And the truth is people have gotten kind of awkward because they've spent so much time behind keyboards that when they come face to face, they just really don't know how to act, right? Yeah, like people ain't got no game no more. Wow. I was saying, in, I like was They don't in. know how to talk to people face to face. I ain't go that they, far. They keep yeah, warriors, yeah. you know what I'm saying? All right, I'm sorry. Okay, okay. I apologize. I don't, but let's go. Things are so different now, and, and face-to-face interaction is so, um, can be so awkward, right? Because we're so used to being on screens and checking out uh, uh, profiles and things. And so that has changed everything. And the problem is, is that the interaction digitally doesn't necessarily translate in the real world when you're face to face. So, you know, you could be a G on the gram and be a total simp in person. Wow. That was funny though. Keep going. Sorry. (laughs) 
I tried to breeze by that, but y'all. Nah, we caught it. <laughs> but things are really so different now. And, um, and I love that the word offers us great handles, practical handles. It gives us insight. It gives us revelation about re- relationships, even though the times are different. Amen. That's right. Whether you're single, dating, or married, you are always in your single season. And that's something that we learned last week. Last week, I love that in this series, it's not for those that are married. It's not for those that are are single and those that are looking just for, yes. It's for everyone. And I love that last week we really honed in on this idea of being in your single season and the fact that, you know what? God doesn't judge couples. He judges us individually. So we have to make sure that individually we are in right relationship with God before we can have relationships with others. Amen? Amen. This week, we want to continue with the courtship of Ruth and Boaz and discover the lasting effects of their relationship. Yeah, so, so just to give you some context, man, I never like to give scripture without context. Uh, we've been talking about Ruth and, and Boaz. Uh, this is now the second week. And maybe you're not familiar with the story. You're like, okay, I heard about this person named Ruth, who's a widow. I heard about this person named Naomi, who's a widow. And then I'm hearing about this, this like dude, this baller dude named, named Boaz. But, but how did they get there? Well, there's a verse, Ruth um, chapter three, verse two, and 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 it says, "Is Boaz not? Excuse me, is not Boaz with whose servant girls you have been a kinsman of ours?" So this is Naomi asking. Um, um, this is this is Naomi talking to Ruth, and they're talking about this guy Boaz, and she called him a kinsman. Um, the version that Joanne was reading said guardian redeemer, but Boaz would have been considered a kinsman redeemer. Why did Naomi and Ruth need a kinsman, a person um, of, of, of their blood to redeem them? Well, this, this book um, is telling us a time during the time of the judges, before Israel ever had a king, before there was a king Saul, before was it, there was a king David. It was a time of judges. Why was there judges? Because the Israelites went crazy. They was doing whatever they want, worshiping whatever they want. So God always had holy men and women that would kind of get the people back aligned, like a Gideon, like a Deborah, like a Samson. So this would have been around that time. And in the town of Bethlehem, there was a severe famine. And a man named uh, Elimelech was married to Naomi, who we hear about in this story. And because of this famine, um, he just wasn't doing well in Bethlehem. So he said, you know what? I'm going to go to a foreign nation. He went to Moab because where he was, there was such a drought that he just couldn't thrive and his family couldn't thrive. They had two sons um, and, and, and they just were down on their luck because of this famine. So they go to Moab. When they get to Moab, life begins to take off for them, right? Um, and they begin to prosper. And, and both of their sons find wives. One wife they found was Orpha, not Oprah, Orpha, and the other one um, was Ruth, right? They were both Moabite women. So what happens is Elimelech, the father, the patriarch, he dies. He dies and leaves um, um, Naomi. And then right after that, you have to understand, back in that time, the son was the insurance policy for the mother. 
right? So she was like, my husband died, which is bad. Obviously she was sad because they, they loved each other. They built something great, but her husband died, her caregiver died. So now she had to look to two of her sons and she's like, well, this is great. I got two sons. They have wives. I'm sure she was expecting fruit to come from those relationships. And, and, and she would have still been an, an amazing prosperous woman because she had her sons to rely on. Well, after her husband dies, both of her sons die. She has nothing. She has nothing except for two daughter-in-laws who, who, one, don't even believe the th same thing that she believes, do doesn't come from the same culture as her. And back in Jewish, in Jewish culture, that was just a no-no. Like, you weren't supposed to marry outside, okay? You had to, you had to keep everything all, all the same. So now, she's stuck with these two Moabite women. And, and, and she finally says, you know what, y'all? Nothing here is working out for me. I have no favor. My husband's gone. My son's gone. You know what? I'm going to go back home. I'm going to go back to Bethlehem and just see if I could figure it out on my own. Y'all go. Y'all still are young enough. Y'all go find y'all some nice men. But I love y'all. But don't stay with me. I'm a widow. I have nothing left to offer you. So Orpha, she hears that. And at first, she's like, no, mom, I'm going to stay. And eventually, she gets persuaded. And she's like, all right, I'm going to go. Ruth does something different. And I, I love this, and I've preached this verse at, at, at weddings as well. She makes, she makes an oath to Naomi. And I love what she says, man. This is loyalty on another level. She says, where you go, I go. If you die, I die. She says, your people will be my people, and your God will be my God. She was so loyal to Naomi that not only does she stand beside her, she takes on her culture and she takes on her faith. And she says, you can't get rid of me. If you leave me, I am going with you. This is literally what Ruth says. There. It was a loyalty that had not been seen before. And, Ruth, and Naomi was like, all right, I can't get rid of you. I guess you're coming with me. Now, because they were both widows, they both had nothing. So they both go back to her homeland and back in that time what could happen is if you were a widow and you had nothing if there was still somebody in your family line her husband's family line Elimelech that wanted to claim her then all of the wealth and all of the property and everything that that family had will be restored unto her because she was redeemed by one of her kinsmen a kinsman redeemer is literally a relative that restores or preserves the full community rights of a disadvantaged family member. In other words, he could purchase a relative's property so that everything stays in the family. So Ruth and Naomi, they just out there living and Ruth, she was like, well, you know, I got to take care of mom. I'm going to get a job. She starts, she starts going in the fields and collecting grain and different things like that. And she, the field that she happens to go to happens to be this man by the name of Boaz. Boaz was a baller. He had a lot of people working for him. And I love this because Ruth is working. And, 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 and see, y'all know how it is, man. Like when somebody catch your eye, they catch your eye. And the church said, uh-huh. He saw her. She wasn't even trying to be noticed. She was just working. And he started like, oh, snap, who is that? Y'all make sure she get a little extra grain when she grazing through the fields. Y'all see that girl there? Right? So, I'm sorry, the, the Jerome, I like Martin, man, so the Jerome keep coming out. I'm not, I'm not trying, it just. So, 
what Ruth didn't know at the time was that Boaz was kin to Elimelech. So he had the potential to be her kinsman redeemer. And, and I, I love this because Boaz was more than just like, everybody talks about, oh, I want my Boaz. Boaz, let me just say this. Boaz was more than just a good mate for Ruth. He was more than that. He had the ability to restore everything that Naomi's family had lost. So he was more than just a good mate. He literally had the ability, the power, and the right to restore everything that had been lost. Ruth and Boaz were made for each other. Now you hearing all, all the stuff about Boaz because he was all that in a bag of chips as my mama would say. But here's the thing. Not only was Boaz right for Ruth, Ruth was right for Boaz. Why was Ruth right for Boaz? Because she was a person that exhibited loyalty to a person that had nothing. So if she's loyal to a person that has nothing, all the stuff Boaz got don't impress her. She was loyal before the money. She was loyal before the position. She was loyal before the fame, right? So they, they both were right for each other. And I, ju I just want to say this because we talk about like the right person for people like, like someone can be the right person for you, but it doesn't mean that you are the right person for them. Right? In order for a relationship to work, y'all got to be right for each other. Got to be right for each other. Because once again, Ruth and Boaz were perfect for each other. He had the ability to the redeem. She had this undying loyalty and faith to a family she didn't even realize she was a part of. It was beautiful. So God set them up. Why? Because he had a bigger plan in their courtship. The goal of them getting together was not just to get together. God had a purpose in their partnership. And some of us have plans for our courtship and our partnership, but they're not God's plans. They're our plans. Which is why my wife was talking about ripping up that list because you got this whole list of somebody that's perfect for you. You might actually find that person, but you got to ask yourself, are you perfect for them? Like, it, here's what makes me laugh. This is hilarious. Like, people, some of us, people, people try to mask their plan with, God, with God's plan. And they say stuff like, this is it pertains to, this stuff kills me because I, I hear it. Like, I probably hear it every Sunday. I'm not even going to front. Like, like, I hear this all the time. Because you're trying to mask your plan with God's plan, you say stuff like, God told me we was going to be together. If he told you, why he didn't tell the other person? Like, what's really creepy is when you actually go up to somebody and tell them that God told me. Like, and it's weird when they do it too, because they're like, God told me. 
Don't, don't play with it. I know. It. See, she, yeah, yeah. she going to do something inappropriate, so I'm going to come back over here. God told me. Why, why he ain't tell me, though? And they say stuff like, God showed me us together in a dream. Like, I've been seeing Big Bird in my dreams for the last 20 years. It don't mean we compatible. I see a bunch of random stuff in my dream. Mickey Mouse doing the Harlem Shake. It don't mean we compatible. What you be eating before you go to bed? I don't know, man. Like, see, somebody in a dream does not mean that they're your soulmate. Wow. Like, stop that. Stop it. I saw you. God gave me a vision of you. No. 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 Or the people worshiping just mind their own business, praising God on their own. During worship, I felt deep in my spirit we was going to be together. That wasn't the spirit. That was gas. You ain't. You ain't feel it. You didn't feel it. You didn't feel it. Go to the doctor or go to the bathroom. You didn't feel it. You didn't feel it. I just want somebody out here to hear me today because I know I'm making fun and, and all kind of stuff, but I say this with all sincerity of heart and I just want the best. I want the best. I want the best for some people in this room. So I'm going to say this and take it in love because I, lo I heart you. You're created out of love. Take, take what I'm about to say like the best way you could take this because I'm saying this in love. Stop using God to co-sign on your loneliness, your lust, your depression, or your crazy. I knew you wasn't going to clap for that. Why he being so mean today? Stop, stop saying God said to fulfill your desire. God ain't say that. You heard what you wanted to hear so you could do what you wanted to do. God doesn't want to just unite you with any old body. He designed a purpose in your union. God, hear me, has a plan for you. He has a plan for you. He has a plan for your partner. And he has a plan for the both of you together. So, while you're pursuing God's plan and trying to be the best you that you can be, as my wife already said, here are some questions you should ask yourself about your current or your future relationships. And the first one is this. How do your relationships affect your reputation? Ooh. Mm. Think about it. The right attitude gets you talked about by the right people. Mm-hmm. See, we talked about it last week. Some of us ladies, come on, we got to be honest. We be doing the most and being super extra with being mean to these dudes just trying to yep. shoot their shot. Yup. And I said it in joking, but I meant it for real. Yep. You don't know who he knows. And you could strategically decline and put him in that friend zone and find out about his friend we doing this again? that he invited to church today. But you was mean, so he ain't going to introduce you. Yeah. Let me just add, don't be stringing people alone to get to their friends. That's mean, too. <laughs> she needs friends, that. too. Stringing just that saying. man alone, giving him hope so you can see his That's mean. She was clear about her decline and said, not you, but who you know. All right, that's fair. I don't think we talk about the importance of reputation enough. Yeah. 
because the reality is no one likes to be judged, right? right? And so really reputation tends to take us to that place when we think about what reputation means, we think that it's about judgment. But really, it's about whether or not something or someone is trustworthy. Yeah. That's what reputation is all about. And sometimes we reduce reputation to our external looks or you know what we're presenting on the physical. So yeah, we real good at putting on the fit, securing the the edges and, and, and I stop like your it. Edges. I like your okay, edges. I, don't be talking about my pony, because you know I'm I just secured this about an it. hour I like ago. It. I like it. And so we're really good at those external things, but we fail to realize a lot of times that reputation is more about our character. Right. See, in Hebrew, reputation is known as Shem. And this is similar to our desire to have a good name. And it has nothing to do with your actual name, but the character that's associated with the name wow. of the person that's associated with the name. See, our reputation tells a story about us even when we're not in the room. That's right. Our reputation determines our trustworthy enough, our trustworthiness. So before you get the job, right, doesn't the interviewer ask for your references? Yeah. What's that about? That's really about your reputation. What's your rep? Mm -hmm. See, I don't know about y'all, but have y'all ever shopped online? I'm, I'm pretty much everybody, right? Yeah. Amazon, everybody's on Amazon. During the pandemic, everybody, the Amazon packages were like stacked in my house. Right. Pretty much everybody has online shopped, right? And throughout our relationship, Terrence has always been like the super online shopper. And he always gets the best of everything. Everything's always like top of the line, high quality. It always works. And I remember one day I was like, how do you be knowing what to get? Like, how do you, how do you always find these things that work so well? I mean, everything. It, it's, it's never just a blender. It's like the Hachitashi blender, like the best, <laughs> like the super blender. 3,000, the best hammer, and it's got like a gold handle. Like, where do you find these things? I, I do not have a gold handle. Okay, you have like, a matte black. You lied to me. Like, no, no, matte black, yes. And, and it's like always something that is top of the line. And I was like, Terry, how do you be finding all this stuff? And he leans in and he's like, I read the reviews. That's it. Before he buys anything, he always reads the reviews. And he always knows the best of the best because of that. And I, I, I want us to really lean into that because the reviews are another way to say reputation, aren't they? Yeah. Reviews, more often than not, make the difference between whether or not we're gonna purchase something or not. Mm -hmm. Before I choose a restaurant, I always read the reviews, right? But hear me now, before you jump into any relationship, you better check them reviews. Come on now. As simple as that concept is, I believe that it could be life-changing in our relationships. Some of us, if we're honest, we aren't reading the reviews. We aren't checking, fact-checking these people that are making all these claims. See, reputation and the reviews qualify the claims that the person is making about themselves, right? Can they be trusted with your heart? 
can they be trusted with the things that you're trusting them to know about you, right? Do they treat people well? See, too many of us end up in bad relationships because we fail to check the person's reputation. And then we ignore the reviews. We can't ignore the reviews because we gonna end up sending them back. It's like, where's the return code? Where, where's the return code, right? People can talk a good game. See, that's the problem. People can talk. Our reputation substantiates the things that we're claiming about ourselves. Yeah. See, here's something practical. Before you jump into any relationship, ask about them. Ask around, and here's a red flag. If no one can account for their reputation and their character, then that's a red flag. What are they hiding? Why are they so secretive? Like, what's up with that? Yeah. That's a red flag. See, our reputation and our reviews help us to identify those red flags, right? So we can't be so casual about reputation, amen? Amen. Proverbs 22, one tells us a good name, reputation, is more desirable than great riches. Mm. To be esteemed is better than silver or gold. In the culture of today, of that day, reputation was really everything. And in some cases, it was as serious as life and death. See, hear me now. Re reputation was the path to redemption for Ruth. Yeah, it's great. In Ruth 3.10 through 13, it says, the Lord bless you, my daughter, he replied. This kindness is greater than which you showed earlier. You have not run after the younger men, whether rich or poor. And now, my daughter, don't be afraid. I will do all you ask. And here it is. All the people of my town know that you are a woman of noble character. I mm -mm -mm. love that. See, here's the thing. See, Ruth had a crazy background. She, she was a Moabite woman, and, and, and she descended from a man born of incestuous rape. Hear that? And women who seduced Israelite men into adultery and idolatry. That was her background. Yep. That was the place from which she came. Mm -hmm. Yet, it's interesting that she shares none of those trifling characteristics, right? Mm -hmm. Here it is, side note, for anyone in this place, you don't have to carry the things, the mistakes, and the experience that are negative from the family and from the people in your lineage. That's Amen? Right. That's right. Amen. If you submit yourself to him, God can break curses. Amen. He can restore brokenness. He can heal pain. He can bring you back to glory and he can rewrite, rewrite your story, right? You don't have to follow the same path mm -hmm. as those people that you may have come from, amen? amen? You may have been born of a parent who abused drugs. Doesn't mean that you have to be someone like that, Facts. amen? You may have been born of a prostitute, but I'm declaring today that you will be clothed with honor and dignity and respected in your heart and your mind and your soul. You will have somebody that will honor you. Amen. Amen. You may come from a home where physical abuse was normal, but I'm declaring today that tenderness will become your new normal. Amen. You may come from a broken family, but if you want it, 
I'm declaring that your family will be healthy and whole in Jesus' name. If that is something that you desire, you don't have to follow the same path. Amen. The negative path that your family may have come from. Amen? Mm -hmm. It is through Jesus that we are redeemed. Amen. And he can rewrite, rewrite our story if we submit our pens, the pens of our life to him. Amen. 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 Proverbs 3, 3 substantiates this through 6 says, do not let truth and mercy leave you. Bind them around your neck, write them on the tablet of your heart. Then you will find favor and good understanding in the sight of God and people. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not rely on your own understanding. Acknowledge him in all of your ways and he will make your path straight, amen? amen. God utilized Ruth's reputation to redeem her. Amen. See, everybody was talking about Ruth because of who she was. Her background may have been scandalous, yet she carried herself with honor and dignity. She distinguished herself. Mm -hmm. She denied other gods or her gods of, of, of the Moabites, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. her land, her people. She was a, mo a woman of noble character, amen? amen? She ignored young men in the fields and in the town, and she recognized that she had more important things to focus on, amen? amen? She did the right thing, and that's why she had such a great reputation in her community. See, there are people that you don't even know that are talking about you. That's right. In the community. And it's based on the way that you interact with people and how well you treat people. So you gotta be careful on how you treat people because that way and the way you interact with them becomes the testimony of who you are. That's right, that's right. Make sure that your reputation is saying the right things about you. Mm -hmm. And more importantly, make sure your reputation is saying the right things about Jesus. Amen. 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 I, I love that. I've often said, man, reputations always get places before you do. So make sure they're saying the right things about you. Amen. Amen. One well, thing I've always said is um, repetition is reputation. Yeah. So be careful about the things that you make daily habits and routines because those will become the things that people know you for. Amen. 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 So how do your relationships affect your reputation? That's the first question. But the second question is, how do your, rela how do your relationships affect your family? That's an important question to ask yourself. How do your relationships affect your family? Because here's the thing. If you're with somebody or you're trying to be with somebody, if, if they are about you, then they also need to be about your family. Look at what Ruth uh, 3, 15 through 17 says. I, I love this because we already heard about what type of woman Ruth was. She was a woman of valor. She was a woman of honor. She was a woman of integrity. She was a hard worker so much so everybody in the town was saying she was a woman of noble character. But look what kind of man Boaz is. Look at this, Ruth 3, 15 through 17. He also said, bring me the shawl you were wearing and hold it out. When she did so, he poured into his six measures of barley and placed the bundle on her. Then he went back to town. When Ruth came to her mother-in-law, Naomi, uh, Naomi asked, how did it go, my daughter? Then she told him everything that Boaz had done for her. L listen to this, verse 17. And added, he gave me these, I love this, six measures of barley saying, 
don't go back to your mother-in-law empty-handed. Did you see what Boaz did? Don't go back to your mother-in-law empty-handed. For Boaz, Naomi was just as important as Ruth was. He put, he set a precedent, a precedent before they ever got together. Not only am I going to take care of you, I'm going to take care of everybody connected to you. What, what, a, what, a, what a powerful uh, 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 display of character from Boaz. What was he trying to also let us understand? You don't just marry a person. You marry a family. Some of y'all ain't clapping because you don't like the family you married into. Ah. <laughs> I'll never forget. I'll be nice next week. I'll never forget when, uh, <laughs> when I was courting my wife. And we were deep in the courtship at, at, that, at that moment. And um, I, I never forgot the first time I, I made sure I, I met every family member that I could. And I always tried to make the best impression, you know, mom, dad, brother. I mean, your brother scared me the first time. I mean, I ain't gonna lie. He, he big, swole, cock diesel dude. I was terrified. But yeah, anyways, he didn't kill me. Praise God. Um, but I remember the first time I went to Canada. A lot of her family um, still lives in Canada. Canada family, probably watching right now. Love y'all, hope y'all doing all right. They in Montreal, they all, you know, speak French and Korea. They speak, they speak it all, and I'm sitting there like, you know, I don't, I don't know what nobody be saying. I, I just be like, mama say mama say mama kusa. Like, you know, I don't be saying, I don't be knowing. I know all the food though. I know all the food, I'm, I'm greedy, I know all the food. So, so far, okay. Um, <laughs> So anyways, I get to Canada and we get invited to uh, her Aunt Madeline's house. I, Aunt Madeline, if you watch, I, lo I love you so much. And she knows the story, so I'm not like scared to say it. So the first time we ever get to Aunt Madeline's house, she's an amazing cook. Phenomenal woman. She, I mean, a top of her game, business, entrepreneur. She's the best at everything she does. She's also an amazing chef, beautiful home. She invites me to the house and I come in, I start to sit at the dinner table. And Aunt Madeline, God bless her soul, she brings out a massive plate of beets. He hates beets, y'all. <laughs> if you know me, you know I hate, I loathe beets. Like, beets are like kryptonite to me. You wanna kill me? Put a plate of beets. Just stuff a beet in my mouth, I'm dead. Like, I, 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 I hate, I hate, like, I, I, should, I just gave out, like, my, my weakness to my worst enemy, whoever you are, okay? Want to kill me? Stuff a beat in my mouth. She brings out a massive plate of beats. Now, our man Lynn does not know this. Joanne knows this. Beats are good for you. What's the problem? I mean, I don't, I don't want beet juice. I don't want beet chips. I don't want nothing with a beat in it. I don't even like certain beats. Like, I, like I'm just, okay. I don't even like drum beats. Okay, anyways. Beats by Dre, okay. Um, <laughs> so, so I see this massive plate of beats. I'm, I'm already turned, the smell, I'm like. <laughs> like, I, the smell. If y'all see me trying to maintain my composure at this dinner table. <laughs> bon, bonjour. 
au revoir. <laughs> like, 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 I'm dying at this table. I'm seeing the beats, and I'm like, but this our family, though. I got to make a good impression, y'all. I had to see if he was about that life, you know? Like, I could have saved I, I, him. I ain't going to lie. Like, I'm waiting to see if she going to save me. I was watching. From I this plate of death it. in front of me. Had to check your character. You know what I'm saying? Reviews, reviews. <laughs> yeah, man, Lynn, like, she's just, she's so cute sitting with her. Terrence, you like the food? I'm like, mm. And I pick up my knife and fork, and I'm sitting here about to slice this beat, and I stab this beat, and I'm saying to my head, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thine are with me, thy rod and thy staff comfort me. And as I'm about to put this beat, I, I'm seeing her, I'm like, yo, she is so evil right now. Like, <laughs> Cause she knows I love her so much and want to make her, I, and want to impress her family so much. I'm gonna eat this stupid beat just so they don't talk about me. Cause the worst thing that could happen is you leaving and the family start talking about you and not in a good way. So I'm in there, this beat about to hit my lips. The smell is nauseating. I open my mouth and I see Joanne, she like, <clears throat> Like, I hate when people make that sound. I hate that. I hate that. So I'm about to put this beat in my mouth. It's like late in the midnight hour, Joanne reached out her hand and she's like, baby, no, that ain't the beat, no. 11th hour. And the 11th hour, she showed up. And she snatched that fork on my hand. She said, Auntie, no, no need to be rude with Terrence. He just really, she said, he'll eat anything else. He's like Mikey, but he will not eat bees. And Aunt Man left, she was, she's like, oh, that's so sweet. Like, you tried. <laughs> I wanted to impress her so bad. I was like, you know I love you because I was willing to eat beets, girl. I was willing to eat beets for you. Some men will cross deserts. Some men will swim across oceans. I will eat beets for you, girl. <laughs> He's a real man. I am. I am. I am. Um, you gotta. You gotta understand. I was trying to make my my best impression before we got married because potentially, I might know these folks my entire life. Mm. And I always wanted them to have the best impression of me. I wanted them to feel about me the same way that she felt about me. So I wanted to do whatever I had to do to make sure in their eyes, they felt comfortable enough to trust me with somebody that they loved. I want y'all to hear that. And I want you to understand it. Like at the end of the day, like you want your spouse's family on your side. There are times like, like I, like I love my mother, my mother in love. I love, like I like when she take my side on stuff. And she often takes my. I'm her son in love. She takes my side. You know why she takes my side on stuff? Because I love her and I care for her with the same care that I care for her daughter that she created. Why? Because she's not my mother in law. She's my mother in. Love. My family treats her like a daughter. There's no in-law stuff here because we all are one family now. When God brought us together, he didn't just bring two people together. He brought two families together. Amen? I, I want you, like people, like married couples say this stuff all the time. It draws me nuts. It's, it's like, it's like, it's us two against the world. Stop that. That's toxic behavior. It's not y'all two against the world. Like I counsel people and I know people that are married to somebody and their family don't even like them. 
some, it's some of the most toxic relationships that I see. It's not y'all two against the world. You, 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 you have to understand, if you want to build a strong family, you need family on your side. You need, like, you need family. If you, and I, want, I want to say this, because this, this is a red flag that I want to help those folks that are single and you like, yo, I don't need, like, this thing getting kind of serious, like, and I'm starting to meet the family and stuff. I want to I help somebody right now. If you are in a relationship and that person is trying to separate you from the people that care the most about you, it may be a clear sign that they're trying to manipulate you and control you. And the abusive person that just heard me say that, I don't care about your feelings. I need you to understand what you are doing is wrong. You should not be trying to separate family. I have, I have seen people I love get abused physically and mentally because some abusive hurt person came into their lives and separated them from all the people that cared about them and they began to worship this person and say that this person was their world when there were actually people that truly loved them and cared about them they went to worship the person that hurt them because they manipulated them they, 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 they played on their insecurities and they separated them. Let me tell you something. Real love does not play with isolation. If somebody's trying to isolate you from the other people that love you, that's a problem. That's a, listen, I'm going to preach adamantly about it. Because I'm tired of seeing people I care about get dogged and abused because some, some person that is hurt, that needs Jesus, that needs love as well, that needs probably some real therapy as well, some person manipulated them and isolated them and took them away from all the other people that cared about them so that they can do whatever they want to over with them, so that they can, they, can, they can feel some kind of authority and power over them. Because see, they separate you because they know when the real family members show up, they ain't having that. I, I wish you would mess with one of my family like that. I'll call you. I, 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 what? You manipulate. What? That's what you're in church now. I'm sorry, man. I'm just that's Carol City, man. I just don't like people hurting my people, man. Like I ain't with that. I'm just I'm just not I'm not about that. So I'm just, red flag, if people are playing with isolation, you, ha you have to be weary of those relationships because if they really love you, then guess, then guess what? The love, that, the love that they say they have for you is not the only love you're allowed to have. Your family can love you. Your friends can love you. Jesus loves you. Your church loves you. If they tell you I'm the only one that can love you, they're a liar and the truth ain't that's in right, them. That's right. They don't need to be threatened by other people they loving them. They should not be threatened by someone else's love for you. Amen? If they love you, they're going to treat your family like their family because one day they will be. Relationships are about families because families always matter. Amen? Amen. And the last question we should be asking is how do our relationships affect our purpose? Mm -mm -mm. See, if you wait on God, he will reveal the greater purpose in your relationships. See, Ruth 3.18 tells us when, then Naomi said, wait, 
my daughter, until you find out what happens, for the man will not rest until the matter is settled today. Ooh, read that, read that, that man will, read that again, I like for that. For the man will not rest until the matter is settled today. Love that. See, all Ruth had to do was wait because Boaz was determined to redeem her. Mm -hmm. And see, Naomi, she recognized the power of the plan so she wanted, she, she was comfortable in waiting and she was confident that her plan was going to work. See, confidence powers our ability to wait. Yeah. Some of us can't wait because we're insecure about where we are and the relationship in the first place. Yeah. See, we got to wait and not worry but we can wait with expectation. See, some of us here wait and we think, okay, it means do nothing. See, when we wait, we have to be confident. We can wait with confidence because you have confidence in God's plan. Not your own, but in God's plan. See, wait if it's supposed to happen, it will. We don't need to rush the, the process. We don't have to rush. First right. Peter 5, 6, 6 says, humble yourselves therefore under God's mighty hand that he will lift you up in due time, in due time. So whether you're waiting for a spouse or you're waiting for a healing or a job or whatever it is, there's always, there's always an ability for us to constantly trust God. And we have to say, see God, I'm going to wait for your time because it is you who's in control. You have a plan, I trust your plan. And I know that you love me enough that you will, you will release me at the right place and the right time. See, as we're obedient and as we trust in God and we listen to his guidance, guess what? He places us in the right place at the right time. Some of us are having issues finding what we're looking for because we have a problem with obedience and direction. See, God is leading us to the plan that he's designed us for. And so we need to release our, our, our desire to want to rush and have things now because what you want, you might not even be ready for. Man. And so God wants to make sure that you're ready and at the right time for his purpose to be unveiled in your life, amen? Amen. We gotta be patient when we're waiting on the Lord and that isn't some kind of passive thing that we do, waiting. Waiting requires active engagement. Yeah. We're constantly engaging, praying, communicating with God, leading, letting him lead us to the right places, amen? And in her waiting season, I believe Ruth was also learning something because remember, she was a Moabite woman, so she was learning and developing her trust and faith in God, right? right, right. And so in her waiting season, Ruth, was developing that faith muscle in her life. And I believe that that's so important because in our waiting, we grow if we allow God to lead us, right? Amen. Amen. And I love for, for us, in our story, there was a lot of waiting. Yeah. 
and I can't say that um, I, I even focus so much on that. Waiting is not the thing that I remember in our relationship because it was, it was a non-factor. Because what we had was worth waiting for. I didn't have a problem waiting. And it took a while, years and years for us to finally say, okay, we're gonna take this lifelong journey together in marriage and in, in union. And, and when it came, it was like, it's all good. I never, I never pressured you to marry you, right? Not once. Like, it wasn't a conversation amongst me and my girls, like, oh, when he gonna marry you? Like, it just wasn't. And I believe that all of us have the opportunity to, to silence those that are always talking, talking about when he gonna provide, when he gonna uh, uh, propose. It's been seven years, what, what, what's going on? Cause it was seven years. <laughs> and I'm not necessarily saying that you have to wait that long, but that's how much time we needed and where yeah. we were for God to be able to, 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 to align our purpose together. See, one thing I knew about our relationship is that it was bigger than the both of us. Amen. And when you know that what you're meant to do and your purpose is bigger than you, which I believe that's true for all of us in this place, you're not so concerned with your own timing, but you understand that you have to release your own expectation to God because he has a plan. So wait, don't rush. And, and, and here's a side note, if you're rushing, you ain't gonna have no time to read them reviews, right? <laughs> I've made so many bad purchases in my life because I rushed into that purchase. Hear me now. So many of us aren't in his will because we're not willing to wait. And to wait, I want us to reframe our thought about waiting. See, waiting isn't about not doing nothing. It's about being open to the experience that God has for us, but it's about open, being open to Holy Spirit moments around us. Yeah, it's great. Waiting isn't about speed. It's about seeing the right opportunity. Yes. You can't see things clearly if you're rushing by them. Ruth 4.9 told us, then Boaz announced to the elders of all and all the people, today you are witnesses, everybody say witnesses. Witnesses. That I have brought from Naomi all the property of Emelech, Kilion and Mahalon. I'm sure I said that wrong. Right. I have also acquired Ruth the Moabite, Milan's widow as my wife in order to maintain the name of the dead with his property so that his name will not disappear among his family or from his hometown. Today, you are witnesses. Amen. You see, a witness is someone who sees something amazing. So eventually they can bear witness to what they saw. See, when we wait, we will be able to witness God's plan in motion. Amen. Come on. Amen. I want to know if there's some people in this place that are willing to relinquish their own timeline for God's. Some people that are willing to wait because you trust in God. Some people who are not on their own time. They're on God's time because God knows everything and he already set a plan in motion. Some people who are willing to get out their own way. 
because God has something greater for you. God has purpose for you. Some of us just want to feel good and think that we want to, we, we just want to feel fulfilled in this relationship, but God has something better than just feelings. He has purpose, purpose. Our purpose has always been intertwined. And I wasn't going to let my feelings get in the way of what God was doing over here. Imagine that this, imagine all of this, all of this was built because we were willing to wait for God's perfect time. Amen. See, Ruth had to wait to witness God's plan unfold. But Ruth also had to wait so we can witness the bigger plan. That's right. Come on, and what's that plan? See, God has a future plan, had a future plan of redemption through this relationship between Ruth and Boaz. Yeah. You see, Boaz and Ruth had a son called Obed, and Obed had a son called Jesse, and Jesse had a son called David, and from that lineage came the line of Judah, who is Jesus. Come on. Because Ruth was willing to wait, Jesus came. Jesus came, the Lion of Judah, hallelujah. And redemption, redemption before creation became real. See, God redeemed Ruth to redeem our relationship with him. Amen. That was his plan all along, amen? Amen. Hallelujah. See, God has a plan for the future of our relationships. We have to release our own plans and allow his plan to unfold in our life because his plan for your relationship is bigger. It's bigger than just the two of you. When it's meant to be, nothing will stop it. You don't have to worry. You don't have to operate in insecurity. Be confident, wait on the Lord because his plan, his plan is supreme. He is sovereign. He is sovereign, supreme authority. Trust in him, wait on the Lord because he has a plan. I love that so much that God used a Moabite woman, a widowed Moabite woman in his plan of redemption for all of humanity. He redeemed her, and through her obedience, her life and her lineage produced the one named Jesus that will redeem us all. I never forget. We both graduated from college in 2003. And I was an illustration major. Joanne was a was a designer, a graphic designer. And immediately out of school, man, she was, man, she's the number one hustler. Number one. We always had jobs throughout school, but like she left school, she landed a, a major job um, in New York. And she was, she literally got out of school and started doing exactly what she went to school for on the, in the biggest, on the biggest platform that you could do it on in our in our field. It's working for a major design company, doing major things. I stayed back at school for one more year to get my master's degree in digital arts. And then when I left with my master's, 
in 2004, I said, well, that girl up there killing it, I'm headed to New York City. And I went up there and I was, I already saw her success. And I had some offers in other places for stuff. I was like, no, nah, I, got, I gotta go to New York. I got, I got it, cause that's where she is. And I went up there and I was like, man, you know, it's the, it's the big apple, man. You can make it here, you can make it anywhere. And I started to, to work and I was doing, I was freelancing, um, getting different design jobs here and there. But for whatever reason, I could like I couldn't get anything to take off in my field. I just like I was I was I was just like I gotta make this work because like I'm like I know we're supposed to be together. I I like I know I'm smart. I know I got what it takes. Like if she could do it, I could do it. Like I I know I could figure this out. I'm not gonna give up. But man, I ain't gonna lie, I was struggling, man. She, I saw her killing and I'm sitting here I'm like I felt like a disappointment because I'm like yo she out here killing and I can't even like I, I can't even step to her like we're not even on the same level like yeah I got plans and thoughts to marry her but I'm like I can't do it if I, if I can't even I can't even like be equally yoked with her and what she's doing and man I ain't gonna lie those are some of the most depressing that was some of the most depressing times of my life because I was always used to working hard and reaping the benefits of working hard and no matter how hard I worked, things just wasn't clicking for me. And in the background of my life, there was something that I didn't necessarily reveal to her, but I knew in my spirit, I felt this overwhelming tug on my heart to be in ministry. But I'm like, God, I just spent five years in school. I got a master's degree. Like, I'm an artist, man. Like, I'm a di like, ain't no way. I ain't, I ain't, I ain't go to school to, to, to be a pastor or to preach and all that stuff. Like, nah, I'm not doing it. Because that call will bring me back to South Florida. And when I left South Florida, I vowed never to come back here. I said, I ain't coming back. I'm, 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 I, man, when I, got, when I got out, I was like, I'm free. Nothing. I love it. It's my favorite place on the planet. But when I left here, I didn't feel that way. And I was just, I, I kept resisting what I knew in my spirit to be right. And I said one day, I, I was like, you know what? Let me just, let me just, I like to do what Alex said. I test God. <laughs> I said, let me just try for a, a little gig down there. If I, if I don't get it, it ain't meant to be. And that wasn't God talking to me. It was gas. Seems to be a theme today. Yeah. Yes. So I, I tried for a couple positions. Positions I tried for, they hit. And I was like, but God, this doesn't make sense. Why would you let me be with this girl this long? Why would you let me get these degrees and you calling me back home to minister? I don't even know what that means. Like, I don't know how to preach. I don't know how to talk. I don't know how to, like, I don't know what being a pastor means. And I had a very important decision to make. And through a few different confirmations in my life, and let me tell you something. I don't care how many prophets prophesy over you. You better get confirmation in God's word before you make moves. Okay? Just want to say that. I was terrified. I was terrified to come home. I didn't want to look like a failure. I didn't want to do what God was asking me to do. And I was literally resisting what God had asked me to do. That I knew in my spirit. That I got confirmed on in the word, in many words in my entire life. 
And I said, man, I was like, God, why would you put me in this situation? And eventually I manned up and I said, all right, God, fine, fine. That's how me and God are fine. Have it your way. And I never forget when I finally came to the realization that I had to come home and do what God called me to do. It was the hardest conversation that I've ever had to have with my love. And I pulled her aside, it was in New York, and I said, love, I, I, I love you more than anything. And you know things haven't been working out here for me, and I tried for some positions in South Florida, and I, I, I got them. I don't want to leave, but I feel like if I don't leave, I'm resisting what God has called me to do. And, and this, i never forget that I said this, and she'll never forget that I said it. And I said, girl, I love you with all my heart. But I would rather you be with somebody that can give you everything that you deserve than for you to follow me on this journey where I can't promise you everything that I'd ever want to give you. It's going to be a pastor. That ain't like, oh man, sign the check. Like, and there was no money promised. None, none, none of that was promised. And, I, and I'm like, she's killing it. I, I, don't, I don't want her to stop what she's doing because God called me to something. Because God called me to it. I ain't know he called her to it. I was like, girl, I love you, but I got to do what God says. And I'd rather you be with somebody that can love you the way that you need to be loved and provide for you the way that you need to be provided for than to take you on this uncertain journey. Because the only thing that God promised me, he didn't promise me riches, didn't promise me wealth, didn't promise me a nice house, a fancy car, any other thing that I ever wanted. All he said was, son, if you do what I ask, I'll take care of you. And I'll never forget her response. She said, well, I ain't worrying about that. So if that's what you, if, if that's what you know that God called you to do, then I'm sticking with you. I was like, for real? <laughs> I, I knew you was about something. For real? I knew you was about something real. That was six years into our relationship and it began a two year process. I came down to South Florida. I worked my butt off. I got connected to ministry. Ministry for me, listen, nobody, listen, I said God called me to do this. I didn't walk into somebody's church and request a microphone. You know what I did? I cleaned toilets. I cleaned out the food bank. I was, I was a leader in my youth group and I was dropping kids off. I drove the bus for the youth group. Just dropping kids off at all hours of the night to get them home, pick them up. I was doing all the other stuff that nobody wanted to do because all I knew is, once again, God ain't even promised me a microphone. He just said, serve me, son. Serve me in my house. I'll take care of the rest. So I was like, all right, whatever opportunities y'all got out, I'm here. <laughs> I'll do it. And a year into that process, I finally got up the nerve knowing that I ain't had nothing. And I purchased a ring with the money I worked for and I asked that girl to marry me. And man, she moved down here and we got married and it has been the greatest years of my entire life because she knew I loved her but even more than loving her, I believe you follow me because you knew I love God more than I love you. And the thing I loved about our relationship 
is we never get in each other's way as it pertains to our relationship with God. We always say, hey, you got to see God first. I'm second. We're second in the relationship because God is the priority in our relationship. And I love that you weren't stressed out waiting. I was stressed for you because I didn't know how long she would wait on me to figure it out. But I love God because when I was willing to allow my will to become his will, then his will happened in my life and his will was always for us to be together. He brought that girl home, not because it was my will, but because I allowed my will, I submitted my will to God and he brought everything that I love to the place that it needed to be. This is the type of God that we serve. And you say, Pastor, that took eight years to happen. Newsflash for somebody in this room. I'd rather take eight years of my life to find the right person than to waste one second of my life on the wrong person. Hear me when I say that. It may have taken a while, but just like Ruth and Boaz, God had a purpose in our union. God knew that Joe and I together would develop a legacy of love. Cool is not just a name, it's who we are. Because we believe in the power of love, God's love more than anything else in all of existence. You see, there's too many people in the world that probably should be together that are not because they've tried to do it their way instead of God's way. And I found that that looks a lot like our relationship with Jesus. So many people don't have a relationship with Jesus because you want to do things your way instead of his way. But I love what Ruth 3.18 says. I'm going to read it one more time because it's such a powerful verse. Then Naomi said, wait, my daughter, until you find out what happens. For the man will not rest until the matter is settled today. I believe that God is trying to get some of us to understand that today, Boaz is not our kinsman redeemer, but he's a type and shadow of Jesus. Redemption before creation. For Jesus is our kinsman redeemer that restores us to the family of God, and he will not rest until the matter is settled today. There is no shadow that he won't light up. There is no mountain that he won't climb up. Running after you, our God has a reckless love. He has pursued you before you knew what love was. He has
has pursued you for you had a proper understanding of love. You see, some of y'all think y'all know what love is, but love loves you so much that love died for you. Love recklessly pursues you. Love constantly is chasing after you. Love does not isolate you, but love gathers you unto it because it loves you so much. Love wants to embrace you. Love wants to hold you. Love wants to redeem you. Love died for you so that love could save you. I wish somebody knew that God loved you so much that he sent his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. If you believe it, raise your hands and worship him in this place. God has been chasing after you before you were born because before you were born he knew you he formed you in your mother's womb he wrote out every one of your days before any one of them came to be and I need somebody to understand and if you've been trying to do it your way all this time and it ain't working maybe you need to try something different we calling it a different world because the world that you're used to ain't working but when you accept Jesus Christ he changes your world once and for all he makes it different he makes it better you heard a testimony from Jennifer man I just had to do something different you heard a testimony from Alex man I just had to do something different until you do what God has called you to do your life will never work out the way that you want it to work don't do it your way have a different perspective let God change your world to a different world by accepting his son Jesus so with every head bowed, every eye closed. If you want to receive the love from the God that was willing to die on a cross to redeem you, Jesus is our kinsman redeemer that redeems our relationship with the Most High God. And if you're tired of doing it your way and you're ready to submit to the will of God, all you have to do is accept what Jesus has done for you. He was God's plan before Khaled put it in a song. He was redemption before creation. And it does not matter what you've done, does not matter who you are, our God can redeem your entire life. And the Bible I read tells me, he won't rest until it's done today. For the Bible says, today is the day of salvation.
So in this room and online, with every head bowed, every eye closed, if you want Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, you're tired of running. You're tired of doing it your way. The Redeemer died on the cross and rose again because he won't rest until you come home. If you want to come home today, you want a relationship with God today, you're tired of all this fake stuff. You're tired of going halfway. You say, I want it all. I want to go all the way with Jesus today. That's the relationship that matters the most to me. Not these other things. I, I know God's been waiting forever for me. And I, listen, I want to do it today. On the count of three. Don't look around. Don't worry about what your neighbor's doing. If you know you need God's love and you need to redeem that relationship today, don't wait for anybody else. Raise your hand on the count of three. One, two, three. Hold it up high enough and long enough for me to see it. Hold it up, hold it up. I see you and 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 you. I said all those yous because I want you to know you're not alone. If your hand's up, you already did the hard part. Come down to this altar today. God's been waiting today. Come right now. Let's pray today. Don't wait, don't wait, don't wait. you come on girl I love that Let's we're go. family and cuz we family proud of you you ain't got to do nothing alone look at your neighbor right now and say hey if you want to go down and you scared I'll go with you if they say yeah just grab them by the hand gently and walk them down just I just want to make sure yeah come on come on I just want to make sure I just want to make sure five four yes. three Now we're going to pray. The Bible says in Romans 10, 9, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart he was raised from the dead, you're saved. Don't let anybody lie to you and tell you you're not saved. If you confess and believe, I want you to say these words. Say these words, but don't just say them. Mean it in your heart. If you're out there in the audience, reach towards them. I'm talking to y'all online too. This means for you too. Wherever you are in the world, if you were here right now, you would see there's a bunch of people down at this altar. I want you to know you're not alone. Everybody, repeat after me. Say, Dear Jesus, I've sinned. I'm not proud of it, but I admit it. Today, I lay my sin down. Take it, I pray. I don't want it anymore. I reach to heaven to receive your forgiveness, to take the place of my sin. I ask that you would accept me into your wonderful family 
today, today I give my life completely to you. I'm yours, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. You're brand new. You're brand new. Don't let them. Listen. Watch out for old people. I'm not talking about elderly. Y'all are saints. I'm talking about people that's been in your life for a while. Because old people going to try to convince you you're not new. Don't let somebody old convince you you're not new. The Bible says you're a new creation. Amen. And I want you to know, hold up. Don't leave. Don't leave before I bless you. Don't leave without a blessing. Don't go out in this world without a blessing. You see that sign says, welcome to the family. Yeah. Yo, Stefan, help me out. Y'all are family. And I got a gift for you. Myself and my beautiful wife want to give you a Bible, WWJD bracelet. It's a letter from us to help you in your journey. But also, if you got questions about what just happened, because sometimes this stuff happens like, yo, what really just happened? We got a team that can answer whatever questions you got. And the ones we can't answer, we'll go to God's word for it. But also, if you want prayer, they'll, they'll give you prayer. So they're just going to take you out, out over here to the courtyard. Listen, they're not getting lost. You can find them in the quad after, okay? The quad is the courtyard. You can find them right out there. We just want to make sure that what they said in their heart and what they what they said that they meant and we want to give them some direction so that they don't yeah. feel lost yeah. after this decision amen? amen so you'll find them right out there but here's what i want y'all to know bible says that when one comes back to the father there's a celebration in heaven yes. i can't open up the ceiling to show you if you could see what was happening in heaven right now for you if you could see it it's a celebration big it's going it's bigger than any party they'll have for the super bowl today I can guarantee you that, and it's for you. I can't show it to you. I can help you hear what it sounds like. Family, y'all ready to help me? On the count of three, y'all gonna walk that way, but they're gonna cheer for you louder than anybody's ever cheered for you in your entire life. You ready for it? Here we go. One, two, three. Let them know God loves you. Let them know their sons. Let them know their daughters. Let them know their routine. had a great time in church today make some noise can we give it up one more time for our family love yes and I just want to quickly pray for y'all today especially those that have been waiting yeah. for a long time that's great why don't we all lift up our hands because I believe all of us have probably been waiting for something Jeez. in our season of waiting let us not forget that waiting doesn't mean doing nothing yes Lord. you are actively engaging father god i thank you lord jesus for my brothers and sisters in this place god i pray god that you speak to them and do the work that is required in order for them to see your plan in motion lord let them be witnesses to your glory lord God, I pray that they don't allow impatience, Lord, to fill them and to move them because the enemy would want nothing else, nothing more than for us to grow impatient because when we're impatient, we rush into things that were never designed for us. And so, Lord, thank you 
for our season of waiting because you are there and you are shaping and molding us, God. I thank you. And Lord, I pray that all things, Lord, that were meant to be, Lord, will be in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for tuning in. To hear more messages like this one, please be sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel. And if you like what you heard, please consider sharing with your friends and family to be a blessing to their lives as well. Don't forget to connect with us at our website, thecoolchurch.com. And be sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook at We Are Cool Church. And always remember that you were created out of love.